Hello and welcome to Audacity. This is your host, Stephen, remembering to actually introduce himself and introduce the podcast, and I'm passing it to your host, Michael. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm recovering from a couple of things, and I, I think we can, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I first want to know, so you survived the tornadoes, right? Oh, yeah. I'm yep. assuming. Definitely. Unless I've learned to channel the dead and speak through them, through the... Ele- electrified well my back still hurts so that must mean i'm still alive i don't give a shit about that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, my dad i don't know he looked the wrong way the other day and now his back's out you know i remember being a kid and i you know i could fall out of a fucking tree when i was a kid and get up and dust myself off and if i if i sleep the wrong way i'm i'm hurting for a week yeah, no kidding. Good. That's that's one of my things that I'm recovering from uh, myself, and it's gotten me onto a really bad sleep sleep schedule, and just it's not good. It's not good. And, yeah, you know, it's led to me needing to listen to only positive music and shit because I've been down all week because I'm not sleeping. That you know, you don't think about that until you do, and it's a problem. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely, uh, and it's it's a problem for me. But I want I, the tornado thing was less about you surviving it because, like I said, I don't really care. But <laughs> did you see? This is my friend, folks. Th- did you see <laughs> the video of this? I'm, I'm going to bring you guys out here in podcast land a little slice of Ar- Arkansan. Uh, okay, uh, so yeah. Arkansas, especially the 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 northern portion of it, is right in. Uh, what is known as Tornado Alley. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, you remember, we were taught what to do in the case of a tornado yearly through school all the time. We would do the drills. We would hear the sirens every week when they test them. You know, the storms roll through and we're doing it. And let me ask you just to, just to, do, just to make sure you're on the same page. What uh-huh. is the correct procedure for riding out a tornado are we at school or at home uh well you do the school version and then and then segue into home because it both applies okay what school we were put out into the hallway we sat down indian style uh put our hands behind our neck put our heads down and just sat there for, for those of you who might have heard that and thought wait what the fuck does that mean uh Indian style is how we grew up referring to sitting cross-legged crisscross applesauce as they call it in schools now. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, how my daughter was taught. It was crisscross applesauce, but we yeah. were taught Indian some, style. Some, some of the, yeah, some of the habitual, uh, mildly racist terms are hard to get rid of. Mm. I still have to refer it to it that way too in my head. And then I think, well, that was not good. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but anyway, you sit out in the hallway, you keep your head down, right? Go ahead. Right. And you just ride it out till you're done, until uh, it's gone. And, uh, you know, as far as home goes, you get in the bathtub. Okay. And what's the main, what are the, what's the main purpose of say sitting out in the hallway in the school instead of like taking cover in the classroom? Uh, windows. All right. So that's the main issue that I'd like to talk to you about today. Cause the other day, uh, yesterday afternoon, I guess I saw a amateur tornado watcher 
a video from their phone. And this uh, this woman, Arkansan. Was this one at Little Rock? I believe so. You might know the one I'm talking about, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway. Okay. I think, she, I think is, know your own. she is working in some sort of office, right? And it's one of those, you know, office after office on the ground level. So they've got their glass fronts. Yeah. The glass doors, all that. Yeah. I saw this video. Okay. Cool. Cause she stands out there. She hollers at her husband or whoever he is. She's like, Hey, get in here. He saunters in like it's no big deal. Like there's not a tornado barreling right at them. And not a small one, mind you. Not, not a small one. Uh, he saunters in because, you know, again, no big deal, right? The door hasn't even hit him in the ass on his way in. And he's mm -hmm. saying, hey, don't you need to get away from that window? <laughs> and it's like, hey, buddy, didn't you need to get the fuck out of the parking lot just five <laughs> seconds ago? Dick. But then, and I think maybe that's going to be her response. Maybe I'm going to get, I'm going to tell him how tell him some self-respect for a fellow Arkansas, but no, she's got to get her social media clout. So she's like, no, I'm getting this. And so she's standing in the doorway of a glass door filming this tornado. Yeah. EF3, EF4 tornado barreling down on this woman. And. As this happens, you see a couple times where the wind is so strong that it is pulling the door open. So they're standing here like morons yeah. Yeah, trying boy, to fight a boy. tornado. Yeah, old boy's holding the door shut. Yeah, they're they're trying the, to the, the glass door, mind and you. The, the last thing you see before everything goes to shit is both of them trying to hold a door shut against a tornado, and then it just erupts. And it looks like she's literally been sucked out of the fucking building, mm -hmm. even though, as I understand it, that's not what happens. Uh, it's just it tore into the building by shattering the door. Right. And then everything looks like it went to hell. And I don't know. I, I don't know if they were injured. I don't know. Like the video kind of cuts out, but they don't sound dead. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of chaos once yeah. that happens. It looks like, looks like some rolling going on, maybe. And, I, and I, all I could think of is like, well, Arkansas, everybody. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, hell, when I was a kid, I mean, me and my dad used to stand out on the front porch and watch storms. I mean, that's a pastime here in Arkansas. I, I get that. I did the same thing. But, uh, if, but I, when they're, yeah. if, if I know that I'm like in the path of a tornado, the porch watching stopped. Yeah, maybe it's time to go in. Yeah, because I remember, I remember doing that too, but it was always like the storm is in the distance. Right. It's not barreling at you. And this uh, is also daytime. It's not even nighttime. They don't even have the excuse of like, you can't see what's going on. Right. Like there's, she even says there's debris flying around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that there big, is. it's that big, that big wind tube. This coming at us. <laughs> you're you know, about is, to be the debris. If you, you're, about, yeah, you're about to become debris. <laughs> uh, I, just, I, can't, I just sat there and I was like, I can't believe. I, it's like I can and I can't believe. Well, I, 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 I can. can. I well, I can believe it. It's it's just you know, I think I think unless you've actually been in a tornado, which again, and I'm speaking I'm speaking from secondhand knowledge and experience because i've never been in a tornado like that but i think people get very i think first of all tornadoes are fascinating to look at because they are they are 
um, I've seen, I've seen them before from a distance. They're, they're actually a beauty to them. They're, they're very, they're very mesmerizing, very fascinating, but that's from a distance. Yeah. I'm a couple miles away. This isn't twister where you're strapping yourself to a, a water pipe in your house to not get carried off or whatever. Right. So I think, I think, you know, a tornado is one of those things you don't see every day. So I think that, I think that mesmerizes people sometimes. And then I think there's a certain arrogance to them. You know, hey, you, you know, the people that when the tornado sirens start going off, you know, they don't pay attention to it at all. Right. You know, but, and, and I think, and I almost blame, I, sometimes I blame the authorities for that because they do set them off sometimes yeah, they prematurely. Them. Well, well yeah, even true. during storm, even during storm time. Now they do test them every week, it's Thursday at noon, because I can hear it in my classroom every Thursday. And the thought that actually goes through my mind is not tornado, but air raid. Because hmm, yeah. I'll hear it going off and I'll be like, yep, yep, the Russians launched. Here we go. And here we go. And, uh, so I think people, I think, but they do, they do sound them off kind of prematurely sometimes, but they do that to get, get people's fucking attention. Yeah. They, they have to do it to give people enough warning time to get, you know, indoors and not standing with their face pressed up against a glass door to look at the thing. And so uh, you, you combine that, you combine that with, with social media and the, the pursuit of likes and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And you, just, you, you've got, and plus, you know, you've got people too that, that think they're storm chasers, yeah. you know, and, and people that'll go out and, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, go out and try to interact with these storms and then end up getting killed. And, you know, <laughs> then people are like, well, I don't understand. He got, he got killed cause he was in the middle of a fucking storm. That's why he got killed. He should have been at the house. Ran I mean, straight into it. I mean, I know a lot about the weather and I'm not arrogant enough to believe that I can go out and, and do what the researchers and the scientists do, you know, that have been studying this for decades of their lives. You know, it's just, I guess, I guess my, my takeaway from this is folks, if you see a tornado, get the fuck away from the window. Yeah. It's not a joke. No, they're not a joke. They will fuck you up in a second and doesn't take very long. I mean, it's, uh, those things are in and out in like a few seconds. I mean, they're quick and, and I mean, don't fuck around with those things, y'all. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's helped me recover from that recover (laughs) from the idiocy of fellow Arkansan or whatever. Uh, it ain't just Arkansans though. It's not, it's not, but that's where it was. So, um, and that's where I am. So I'm, I mean, throughout Tornado Alley, there are videos upon videos upon videos of that shit. And and even that, like the people who are standing out at the dock by the hurricanes going by. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. This is the same class of idiot that that lives in Florida that when a... Period. Period. You can just stop talking. (laughs) They live in Florida. Period. But no, it's it's the same idiot that when a, when a, like a cat three, cat four hurricanes come in their way, they're like, yeah, I'll ride it out. Yep. You know, when they've got, when they've got, now it's one thing if you can't get out of there. Okay. Cause right. you know, that's what happened with hurricane Katrina and that's what happened with some of the bigger ones as people kind of got trapped. But if you, if you're capable of getting the fuck out of Florida and you're just like, nah, I, I've got a, I've got, I've got a brunch at, uh, <laughs> at 11 today. And I just, I can't be bothered. I'll just board up the windows. It'll be okay. Can we reschedule the hurricane? 
for Thursday. Some carriage shit. I need to speak to the Hurricanes manager, please. Uh, no, yeah, I really do. It's also the same idiot that lives in the floodplain, and then when their house gets destroyed by a flood, and they're like, you ask them, it's like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to rebuild, I guess. You know, yeah. it's just like, motherfucker, get out of the floodplain. Quit rebuilding the same spot every time. Shit. I mean, it's, I don't get people. I really don't. But. So the uh, the uh, recovery that was stage one of the recovery. We'll call mm. it. It wasn't because I'm out of order, but we're calling that stage one. Yeah, we'll just go to, with that. Just to organize the podcast a little bit better. Uh, stage two recovery has been I've been sleeping like shit lately, and so I stay up later and later. I'm a night person anyway. I like it. It's quiet. Um, it's just. I like it better. Uh, but that does lend me to stay up too late anyway. Mm-hmm. And then complicate that with like a, you get like a thing going on with your neck or something and you're just up. And so that's what's happened to me. But what I've noticed is, is that's really starting to, t- it's really taking a toll on the, the, like the mental, uh, mental health side of things for me. Oh, Cause sure. I've noticed Earlier this week, the main thing I wanted to talk about today is, and this is like a really long segue into it, but I watched a show. I watched six episodes of this 10 episode show. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, it was hundred percent. I loved it. Loved it. Really good. Then in the seventh episode of the show, I believe it is. It commits a story atrocity to to, to, to put it like, you know, not to overstate it any, but it is an atrocity story atrocity for me. And so it made me think lots of shows, lots of books, lots of stories do the same kinds of things. And if they do it in a small way, we call them cliches. And we kind of laugh at them or whatever. And that's, to me, that's your twirling mustachioed villain. Right. Or your, you know, like, or your uh, uh, girl who's not hot until she takes off her glasses and lets her hair down thing. Oh, that's my favorite one. Like that, that, that thing that those are like, that's, you know, kind of cliches. If the whole movie's about that person, then it comes into a trope. Right. And I wanted to talk about tropes. Because this show, um, episode seven, gets into one of my least favorite tropes of all. And that is the drama because of some kind of miscommunication or no communication. And it seems it's like contrived or on purpose. Hmm. Right. So the miscommunication in the show is like a, the one character does not tell the other character a very simple thing that has already been like 95% communicated between the two characters. Right. Which leads to the tragedy at the end of the story. Like the show is a a tragic story. And, and for full disclosure, I'm not a big into, I'm not big into tragedy stories. Uh, They have to be told like almost perfectly for me to admit that they're good or that I enjoyed them just because why would I want to watch something like that when I see you can turn on the news and see equal or worse. 
Right. You know what I mean? So like, I don't look at that as entertaining. So it has to be, it has to have some kind of message or impact or purpose. Right. Right. And this, this show has no purpose. And so now I guess at this point I should say, I never even say what it was. I'm watching, I watched the cyberpunk edge runners, uh, animated show, right. Which is a tie in to the game. Mm-hmm. And I played the game. I'm not going to get into like the, the launch of the game, whatever. This isn't a gaming podcast. So I'm not going to go into that side of it very much, but as far as the gameplay and the story and everything, I really liked the game, but the game gives you multiple endings to where you can kind of play it in a certain way. And there's a spread from completely awful ending to uh, hopeful, but vague and like, maybe it turns out really good. Right. But, but sort of leaves you at the point where it's not fully decided yet, but it's got, it's trending that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that because it gives you, you can play different characters through and have your own story. And if you're one that likes to stab yourself in the heart, you can do that. You can choose mm-hmm. that ending. If you're a normal person like I am, and you don't want that, you can play it for the best ending. Uh, but the show adheres to some really strong tenets of the cyberpunk genre. And that is everything fucking sucks. Everything. And for Mm -hmm. anybody who's not familiar with cyberpunk, cyberpunk is a type of sci-fi where it's, it's, it has futuristic tech. Like usually people have like robot arms or they can install computer chips in their brains or, you know, it's, it's a much, it's more advanced than where we are now. But the central theme of it is, is that, Basically, everything is run by super corporations. The average person means nothing. You're just, a, it's like everything that we're finally starting to talk about in work culture and all of this, it's that just amped up to where corporations control the entire world. There are, there are, there's very little in the way of actual government or anything like that anymore. It's just the corporations control everything. And that's the setting of this game. And that's the setting of the show. However, for me, a tragic story needs to have a purpose. It needs to be at least communicating some kind of message. And this one doesn't. And then, uh, which would have been fine. The show's still entertaining. I'm familiar with the genre. I was expecting that. That's not what got me. The trope is what got me. So I came up with a list of tropes. And these are like some of the most overused tropes. And I wanted to go through them and we could talk about examples and like you tell me which ones really bother you the most and go over like that. Sound like something we could talk about. Sure. So the first one, and this is like a very core one. I'm glad it's the top of the list because this leads to a lot of other ones actually. And it's kind of a core tenet of a lot of storytelling, but we have the chosen one. Oh God. So that is, for anybody listening, a character, often an ordinary person, who is destined to save the world or achieve greatness due to some prophecy or special lineage. So they're the chosen one. They're the prodigal son. They're this, they're that. So the first one I can think of uh, that is told, I guess, in, in 
a better way, or maybe it just benefits from being an older example of one that was like really popular mm. would be uh, Luke Skywalker. Ah, yes. You know, cause he's, yep. he's kind of destined to be the guy that, you know, saves the day and all of that. Mm-hmm. But after a while, that trope kind of wears thin. Uh, what, would you have any examples of that one? Maybe one you like, or maybe one you don't. You can pick either or. I don't. Know. Let's see the the. Uh, I guess another term would be the uh, the prophesied hero. Yeah, the prophesied hero. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Luke Skywalker would be the one I'd go to. Honestly, I mean, it's uh, okay. The Highlander. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Highlander. Okay. There you go. Uh, the McLeod, the McLeod clan, and the Highlander. Uh, you know that is that is definitely Ooh. prophesied hero on steroids because there can be only one. I have not thought about that one in a while. That movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, that that's that's the definition. You know, it's in their it's in their verbiage. There can be only one. You know, so does yeah. that one get into like? Are the McClouds actually thought of as like the, the chosen heroes or is that just, there's a prophecy that there can be only one Highlander and they're all fighting. I don't remember. I, I don't remember either, but it seems to go the McClouds way a lot. Yeah, that's true. Which, te- which tells me that, which tells me that maybe there's something to them. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've well, seen it. Okay, for a, for a more uh, a, a contemporary one would be like Harry Potter. Um, like yeah. he's you know he's the chosen one or whatever in that story. Um, Lord of the yeah. Flies, or not Lord, <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings? Lord, Lord of the Rings. Of the Rings. Lord uh, of the Flies. God damn it, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Very different headspace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about work tomorrow, so you know. And oh that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here, like next one, we've got the uh, damsel in distress. Ah, yeah, lots of those. And lots like of those. a lot of that is, you know, some chosen chosen one schmuck combined with this one, where he's got to go save the princess. And and I don't know, I really don't know if I agree with this that this one's so bad. I mean, we grew up on Mario. He had to save that dumb old princess that got kidnapped by Bowser. Mm-hmm. You know. She needed to be saved. She's obviously weak. She can't defeat a eight foot tall, uh, turtle monster man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. she needed that elf boy to come save her. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously can't do anything. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a damsel in distress really in this one, but Samus, you know, he had to fight the Metroids and do all that. Oh, wait, what? Samus was a girl? Oh, oh, uh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, that can't be. That can't possibly be true. No, no, no. I got sorry. 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 I got off on a tangent there. But <laughs> the damsel in distress is like a very, very, very overused mm-hmm. trope. Oh, I mean, it's sure. in like almost everything. <laughs> There's always. Well, I mean, it, but it's it's a it's a it's a built in story. When you think about it, because I mean, it, it has a natural beginning, middle and end. Well, the thing about it to me is I'm, I'm glad that we're moving out of this era of like 
uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Jack Burton yeah. has to, has to roll in and save, but, but that movie at least was a parody of all that stuff. Right. Um, but I'm glad we're kind of moving out of that to where like the, the female character is a character and does her own shit. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily it be safe. Right. But now to me, uh, we're moving into an era of like people, they think they're not writing the bad tropes and they're trying to, I don't know if you call it diversity or being a uh, feminist or whatever. And then they fail at it. Um, because there'll be some, it's like the, it's like the Marvel, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in game where all the chicks come together for that scene. Yeah. And it's just a pandering thing. Yeah. And it is pandering because that point of that part of the story serves no purpose. Right. You know, right, right. when you, you have like the arguably the strongest person there is captain Marvel. You don't need to give her some, scene where they pose and thumbs up to all the girls in the crowd right type of thing you could just show her whooping ass yeah it, that, it, it gets the point across just fine you know yeah that whole thing was a little contrived well i i, I think about so that movie came out and it does that stuff or back when the supergirl show was out uh when the wonder woman movie came out that movie was just wonder woman kicking ass the entire movie yeah it didn't need to hit you over the face with this kind of message because it's kind of baked in already from the story. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's where a lot of these damsel in distress things fail because it's just, it is just some princess who can't do anything. And it's just a stage to show like this, uh, this awesome guy doing stuff. Right. right, right. But I, and I'm not even saying that I would dislike a particularly well-told version of that, but it's old. It's, it's, to say it's overused is, is an understatement. Mm -hmm. Here's one that I don't really get into too much. Cause I don't really watch a lot of stuff that involves this, but like the love triangle. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it seems to me anytime I have watched them, it's, it's all very contrived. There's always like one, there's always like whoever's the triangle. Cause I mean, again, a lot of these are just, uh, straight relationships. So it'll be like one girl, two guys or two girls, one guy type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's always very clearly a pair. And then the third one is just forked in just for the drama. Yeah. And there's really nothing to it. It's just a, it's just a, a, a story mechanism to drum up more episodes or more runtime or more uh, chapters and they're always pretty poorly done. Mm. It's kind of like a, actually the, the one that popped into my mind is uh, like the original King Arthur Lancelot Guinevere. Yeah. Yeah. Story. Yeah. That one's been, yeah, that well, and that just goes to show you that one's been around for a long damn time. Yeah. And, but the thing about it is, is that one had three characters that are all interesting. Yeah. And there's all there's something to all of them, and there's a reasoning for all of it. Well, but you if you if you didn't have, and in this case, it's always going to be two dudes and a girl. If if you didn't have the second dude, there would be no conflict, and there would thus be no movie or no TV show. Well, or no I story. disagree. It just means that people would have to 
but that's their, that's a, that's the writer's thinking. They would have to write up a better story. Well, but well, that's hard. Well, that, I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's you know, in America we don't do hard. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, true. but uh, I got one. All right, all right. that was always bugged me, and it's what it's what it's what I would call falsely advertised accuracy. Okay. And this creeps into the whole based on a true story mm. uh, genre uh, of movie. I, I and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not fun to watch movies with when we get into this, because especially like history, you know, movies that are based off some, some sort of historical event, because I'll sit there and pick it apart. Yeah, if you know something about it, it's hard to be entertained by. There are very that. few. There are very few shows or movies that I've watched that are just that good that makes yeah. me forget about the historical accuracy. I'll give you one, and it's one of your favorites too. It's Tombstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tombstone is not historically accurate. No, at all. At all. But at it's all. but it is a great movie. Yeah. They named um, the characters correctly. That's about all they did. Right. The Patriot. I love that movie. Got no accuracy whatsoever. Braveheart. Another, Braveheart. Another exactly. Got no accuracy whatsoever. Um, now, but it is possible to make a movie that is historically accurate and very good. Okay. And there are two movies that I've seen uh, in recent years that have done that. And they're both war movies. Right. The first one is We Were Soldiers. That is an excellent movie, and it's very accurate because I've read the book that that movie was based off of, and it it follows it pretty much beat for beat uh, with what happened. Um, and the people that wrote the book were there. Um, the one don't, a, I was just about to ask you because I know nothing about it, but I was like, I was about to say, is the book accurate? But apparently, so the book was accurate because yeah. the uh, the guy that wrote it was the uh, commander on the ground. Mm. Uh, of the of the U of U.S. Army forces when that battle broke out, uh, the other author was a uh, uh, I want to say a UPI reporter who got dropped into the battle and ended up having to fight too because it was such a vicious battle. Um, let's see another the other one is Midway, and um. Both very good movies, both with a large de degree of historical accuracy, so it can be done, okay? It's just that a lot of people don't because it goes back to that hard thing. And they always they always fall back on uh, artistic license. Yeah. They always fall back on, well, I, it's, I used artistic license. No, fuck that shit. Just tell the... Because honestly... Most of the time, the actual story is more interesting than yeah. what they come up with in the movie. Right. More often than not. You know, one of the biggest offenders was Pearl Harbor. Do you remember that movie? Yes, but vaguely, because it was like I saw it once and then oh, I God. tried to forget it. That movie had so much fucking potential to be good. But they uh, they had to wedge your love triangle yeah. Right? Yeah. into yeah. that movie. So not only do you have... You have uh, falsely advertised accuracy, but now you got a love triangle triangle wedged into it as well. That movie, that uh, the movie when I saw that movie, I was like, eh, "It's all right," but it's it's the whole love triangle thing. I just can't get around it. Um, 
you go back to a movie that tells the Pearl Harbor story, for instance, it was made in the seventies called Torah, Torah, Torah. That movie is pretty accurate. Um, and it's a good movie. Uh, and it's no fucking nonsense. There's no goddamn love triangle. There's no, I'm doing this for Sally. Yeah. No, I'm doing it for Sally. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, none of that bullshit, you know, in, in the movie, you know, which I appreciate, you know. Um, and why don't the, you know, I'm sure there are, because there's, you know, a million stories involving love triangles. I want to see the ones where it's like, if it's like the two guys or, and I don't care if it's two guys or two girls, they just decide like the, the, the third one isn't worth it. So fuck them. We'll just be best friends and we'll go off and do right. something. Like right. that's the one I want to see. It, it ain't worth the headache. We're leaving. So, so many times it's like the one, uh, the one character, uh, is just a wish, wishy washy idiot. Uh, uh-huh. You know, oh, I just don't know who I want. Oh, Tina's awesome, but so so is Sandy. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, well, actually, uh, they both suck. <laughs> you yeah. suck, too. You want to go get a beer? <laughs> Let's yeah. go get a beer. Fuck them. <laughs> so, um, but I'm not even talking about, and with and with this trope, the, fault, the falsely advertised accuracy trope, it, it isn't just... Um, limited to, to history movies or historical movies. It's also, you see this happen with science and yeah, a lot of where, movies. Where they, it's like they saw an article in popular science or something once, and then mm-hmm. based a whole idea around it and then acted like they, it, they based it on real science, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It was like, I saw a lot of debate about interstellar about yeah, this, like yeah. how well they did things or whatever. And, I like that they at least, while of course, uh, like we don't know that you can fall into a black hole and look at yourself in the past and all that stuff. Obviously, that's fictional or whatever, or is it? Uh, but I like that they at least looked at ways that they could apply scientific principles to the the fictional plot of the movie. Mm. Mm. and i didn't really ever get the feeling either i mean i don't know if they did or not or if it was just other people talking about it i didn't really get the feeling that they were trying to put up things like this is really how it is either but i could be wrong maybe christopher nolan was like this is i I got i studied astrophysics for years before i made this movie all right I don't think he did that. My, but, my uh, guess is no, he didn't. I don't, but I don't think he did it. But I also don't think he said that. So, well, one of, uh, one of the one of the science offenders, and and uh, you remember the movie The Day After Tomorrow? Yeah, that's one. That's that's one of those offenders uh, that that takes science. It takes it takes this idea of climate change science, and you know, yeah, it's a lot of those a lot of those climate disaster movies kind of do that well you know that that movie was actually kind of was based off of a book and the book was called the coming global superstorm and it was a quote-unquote factual book that was written by these two guys and one of which wrote an account of his own abduction by aliens oh um and that basically their whole thing was that the latest ice age can be traced back to prehistoric high tech so this the book's real claim to any kind of connection is there is 
there is some thinking among climatologists that that CO2 emissions did reach a certain critical tipping point at some point, but it didn't happen that fucking fast. Yeah. I mean, you don't it's, you don't end up in an ice age in four days. It's like I that's just not how it works. I saw something where uh, it was like a meme clip of a Joe Rogan thing where they were talking about the magnetic poles are going to flip. Yeah. Or whatever. And then they get that confused with like the earth's core is going to flip. Right. And so then they, they started talking about how when it does that, I mean, when the earth spins that fast, you know, we'll be <laughs> right. <laughs> basically going to be slung off the surface of the earth. My God. It's like, oh my God, come on guys. <laughs> but, he, I mean, but you know, it's like you get these people on and who it's like, who knows? It's mostly entertainment, I guess. But anyway, let's, let's jump to the next one. Evil villain with no backstory or motive. Oh, so just the, just the social, this is sociopath for being a sociopath. Yeah, I, I think so. You, you see in a lot of things where it's like, it's just the guy wants to destroy the world. Why? I, I don't know. Uh, or like, uh, because somebody cut in line. At he, McDonald's. He, he he got up and his shoulder hurt. Yeah, this yeah. morning, and he wants to he wants to obliterate humanity because of that. I mean, I get yeah. it. I get and it's it. like sometimes sometimes this works, but it can't be like a main villain. It has to be like a villain's henchman. Right. But they they right, could be right. a main part of the story, but they don't need a backstory. Right, because no, they're just no. there to be kind of like the physicalized threat, the embodiment of the threat. Right, someone for the main heroes to fight. That's that's all of your James Bond henchmen, main main henchmen. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, like, yeah. think of guys like Odd Job and guys like that. But even then, I'm not that well versed in the old James Bonds. I know that the new James Bonds don't really don't rely on that as much. They don't rely on that as much. But also, they give their villains enough of a backstory for you to understand what's going on with them. Right. They don't just show up out of nowhere. I mean, they do, but they then are explained a little bit. And so, yeah, they're not doing it. This guy kind of goes into the cliche that I mentioned of like your twirling mustached villain of like the old westerns and stuff like that where right. there's just nothing they just the oh they're dressed in a black hat so they're i'm just bad. i'm evil because i'm evil yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not because of some trauma that i'm acting out on it's just i'm just evil yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know that kind of shit then you've got one that i think uh uh south park fairly recently really Took the piss I mean, out of it, I don't didn't know. He? I, I hope that this was just the longest con ever, and they had this in mind for this character from the beginning. I doubt it, because it was an easy joke to make when they finally did it, but I really hope it was planned. Uh, you have the token minority character. Oh, my God. That was fucking hilarious. And for <laughs> anybody who hasn't seen it or doesn't watch South Park, there's a, there's a particular black kid who for 95% of the show and its existence and his existence, which I think he was in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. He was called token token. Yeah. To poke fun at this exact thing of having one token minority character in a group of like you typically white people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the token character, uh, does, does not do anything other than sell false diversity. Right. Right. Uh, but this character token in South Park turns out 
all of the white kids has, have had his name wrong the entire show. His name is actually Tolkien, named after J.R.R. Tolkien of the Lord of the Rings fame because his parents were big Tolkien fans. <laughs> and so it's playing with this idea that not only was he the oh. token minority character, but they're also, or I think it's just Stan. I think the joke is played that just Stan has been hearing his name as token. Right, right. Time, but everybody else or to just token, token, yeah. <laughs> I, I laugh my ass off when I, I watched that I did one. Too. That was like that was that's one of the funniest episodes that they've had in a long time. Is finally doing, it. and that's why I'm saying I, I really. And I'm like okay, you. I don't. I don't know if they've been setting this up for years. Yeah. No. Or like just they've been. One like day, they've been. Like they've been they, trolling us all this time. They finally hit. They finally. They took a certain hit when they were looking at some Lord of the Rings shit, and was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. Well, that hit was probably a bong hit. And then, so next up on the list, we've got the bumbling sidekick. Ah, yes. So you got the... Marcus Marcus Brody and Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. That's a good example. Um, yeah, but any 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 sidekick, yeah. Well, it's not any sidekick. They're just useless and stupid. They're usually played for comedy, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they just get in the way. Like most of the problems that they run into would have been solved away sooner if not for that character being there. Right. Um, which, you know, to me, I understand like people hearing this list or whatever, you, you're going to hate one more than the other. This is like very low on my hate list. I don't, I don't really care. Cause a lot of times it's played for comedy. I don't, mind that so much if it were a serious thing if they were trying to tell a serious story but including some bumbling psychic that that would probably not feel right anyway but you know i don't really care too much about that right here's another big one going we can go back to star wars on this one the wise old mentor yeah yes yes and this is usually a dude by the way, it's 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 rarely like a a woman being the wise old whatever. Uh, there are some like the first, the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the 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 blind lady who's like the prophet or something. Right, right, right. right. She helps him out. Um, in the first Doctor Strange movie, his instructor is uh, which that's a whole other can of worms because that that was a whole they made it uh i forgot her name the actress who actually plays the martial arts mentor or whatever the art the or magic mentor in the comics is supposed to be tibetan i think mm-hmm. but because they couldn't offend china or whatever yeah, they had that, switch, that, became a, that became a thing they had to switch that out but she's an example at least of like an older mentor of a character even though it's like i don't know if she's actually older than uh cumberbatch or not but (laughs) i think she's supposed to that's the other thing too in the comics i think she is a wise old dude right Uh, and so it's it's not it's a gender bent thing but well i mean again with huh i was gonna say you even see some of this in other media like video games i mean uh uh yeah you know zelda you got the old man at the beginning take this sword it's dangerous out there it's dangerous to go alone take Mm -hmm. this so i mean it's uh there's always somebody along the path there to to 
to God. So, you know, it's, yeah. And I, I watch a lot of anime and this is a huge, but I mean, they have a m- different take on the value of elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit different than ours over here, but, but that's, you know, it's still a trope. Yeah. Uh, yeah let's see here. Oh, here we go. Insta love where Insta-love. two characters just immediately fall in love. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no development, no but nothing, no, get, no getting to know each other, no, uh, no living with each other for a while, taking a trip together. You can't you know. live together; that's living in sin. Well, I guess I'm heading to hell then, because mm-hmm. me, <laughs> me and the wife did. I did marry her though, but shame on you! You should be ashamed. Shame, shame. Hey, her mom didn't like it. I know that much for that very reason. And I don't know. I don't know too many of the insta love ones that come to mind. To be honest, I've any, sure I've any rom any rom com. Like, well, any rom com will do. Yeah, but a lot of those are like guy loves her, but she's not paying attention to him. Well, but so, it's but it's also but at the end, it's that's where the insta love shows up is at the end, because usually the dude is a fuck up. And well, yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, like a lot of the the movies we grew up on, the dude was also like they wouldn't play these days because the dude was basically a stalker. Yeah, but was exactly. stalking to show his love, and then it eventually works. Yeah, you know, and and, and like it's not really well. What happen? What happens at the end of these movies? It happens all the time. Uh, the the guy comes in and he has to make his big speech uh, to stop her from marrying the other dude. There's your love triangle stop her from marrying the other dude or from stopping her to getting on the plane to go to, to go to Paris or to stop her from going, joining the Peace Corps, whatever the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but he shows up, he gives his big speech, they embrace and kiss. And it's literally happily ever after it's insta love at that point. It's like, I found the person I'm going to be with. You don't know. And you've known this person, what, maybe three weeks, yeah. four weeks, maybe that that's not, that's not a basis of a long lasting relationship. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not realistic at all. It's made, it's made to make once. It's it's made to make women swoon. Okay. And, 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 and and men to feel like there's some kind of hero complex type of thing. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and I'm not saying, and I'm not necessarily saying that you can't be with, you don't have to be with somebody for 10 years before you marry them because, I mean, my wife and I, we we were only, we dated 13 months before we got married. And here we are 17 years later almost, we're you mean still to married. Say you didn't instantly fall in love with her on sight? No, matter of fact, we did some oh. vicious fighting the first couple of years too. So, you know, we we had to figure each other out, but we're both stubborn and we both feel like marriage is, you know, you know it's important enough to try. And so we we didn't split up, but no, it was definitely not insta love. We had to fucking work at it, just like every other relationship. Here we're coming to the one that actually started my whole thinking on this topic at all, because the show, the cyberpunk show, does this at a critical part, and it almost derails it for me. Even though, I mean, I, it would take me a whole other episode full to talk about the show, and because I do think it's good. It just does this one thing that I really, it's like it, if it had to do my one pet peeve, you mm-hmm. know, like it had to do it. And that's what nearly derailed it for me. Other than it just being a pretty good show. Uh, it's the misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And that's 
when there's some conflict that comes out of a miscommunication or they don't communicate, which leads to like all the drama and it's totally unnecessary. And so at this, in this show, and uh, for anybody listening who would want to watch this and not be spoiled, I'm about to talk about a point that happens later on in the story. So you've been warned. Uh, Spoiler alert. At the major point of the story, the two characters who are love interest, they're actually living together, whatever. Um, she is doing something and keep in mind, this is sci-fi. So she's like going around, she's doing something to protect the guy, but he doesn't know she's doing it. Right. But up till this point, she's disclosed like her background and her connection with like one of the evil corporations. And she's not a part of anymore. They've like worked together for a while. They're in love with each other. They're living together, all this stuff. And she will not tell him this one vital piece of information that kind of adds to him spiraling out of control and basically becoming, uh, not so like kind of self-destructive, right? like combined with a hero complex type of thing. And it's been part of his psychological makeup throughout the show. It's been, it's, it's established. So that didn't come out of nowhere, but what is kind of established is that she's sort of like the one person that he'll stop and listen to. Like he's placed a lot of trust in her and their relationship. Mm -hmm. And she just like outright won't tell him what she's been doing, which is to his benefit. And then it leads to like the last episodes of the show where it all spirals out of control and it ends in total misery for her. Right. Basically. And everybody dies. Uh, <laughs> but I don't have a problem with a story having a thing where characters don't communicate correctly or whatever. I get that it's a story and you have to have some conflict, but there are a lot of times when stories will characters will withhold information from each other or whatever, but there's a reason to it. Mm -hmm. And my issue with this story without going all into it. And like I said, spiraling this into a two hour episode is that it never felt like there was a reason for this particular withholding of information. It just seemed contrived to make the drama lead to where they wanted the story to go. Right without it feeling totally believable. And if you look up stuff about this show, like people do backflips through hurt uh, over hurdles to assume a lot of information that is only vaguely given mm. to point to why this happened. But to me, I feel like that's still a, a sign of a little bit of a failed plot line at that point, because there's a way to do it to lead to that exact same situation without having to rely on this specific trope. Right. Like, no, I'm not going to tell you this thing. And it's cause it's so, it's so shocking and I just can't tell you or whatever. And also I don't have time, but even if I just said it right then I would have had time, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Right. And now we're interrupted before I can finish my thought. Right. And it does all that in that, that five, 10 minute part of the show. It's like, all of those things happen. I was just like, oh man, come on, this is so good. And now it's it's not there. And 
like I've done a lot of getting over it because the show was very good, but it also caught me in that time of not sleeping. And so it was bothering me. And so I I, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. I finally, Mm -hmm. I finally, uh, went outside as the kids say, and, uh, it does, it's not so, I'm not so charged up about it anymore, but Hmm. what bothers me about stuff like that is these tropes can derail an otherwise good story. Right. Like you can be watching or reading something that would, you would, you personally would call it great. And then this one, one of these things on this list will happen. And to me, that drops it down to like an 80% out of a 99, you know? Right. Right. And, and to me, that's a shame. Well, you know, you talking about the misunderstanding too. You, this is going back to, uh, going back to the rom com. That's a that's a deep well uh, to go to. Um, you see that you see that shit in rom coms too. Yeah, and it's always the like, I didn't, I didn't. Why did you sleep with her? Right. Wait. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, no you idea what you mean. Her. I know you talking yeah. about. And then it's like, no, on Monday at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, on Monday at two o'clock, he was at work, you know, right, exactly. some shit. But he doesn't just say that is the thing. He sits there and bumbles through it. Like the shock of being accused of this thing has paralyzed him. Right. And he just, he lets her run off thinking that he slept with her best friend or some shit like that. All because like she came out of his house drunk, but she had just gotten into a, she was drunk and stayed over and he went to work you know like right <laughs> it's that kind of shit but yeah so i mean it's it could be any misunderstanding you know he saw you know maybe she walked up maybe she walked up on him when he was saying something negative about her yeah but, or, it was like, but, but he was really but he was really he was really being sarcastic and he was talking about how he loves this girl but all she heard was the sarcastic negative part but she's or, or the or the part where it's like he names an insecurity that she has, but she misses the part where he's like, she's totally wrong about this, but she feels like, and then he says the thing. Right. And so it sounds like he's accusing her of that or sees it too. And now she hates him. So, yeah. And, but which leads to, which leads to the one we were talking about before, you know, the insta love. He comes, he comes in and he talks about how big of a shit heel he is. And, you know, she doesn't grow at all. And, they live happily ever after. Yeah. It's usually like, a some, some friend comes out in the, in the bottom of the ninth. Oh uh, yeah. With some recording that he just happened to find of, of Tom at work at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <All right. laughs> How convenient that a camera and a microphone was pointed yeah, at, him yeah. at two o'clock in the afternoon on this date. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah so yeah and they come out and they're like no he didn't say that it's usually it's usually her it's usually her uh her her effeminate friend you know that that is that is her roommate when she meets the guy or some shit like that usually and so. then let's see we've got the it was all a dream ending yes yes which is yes. i haven't seen too many of those uh anymore well one of the one of the biggest ones actually came out of 1980s television and it was the show saint elsewhere and it really wasn't a dream so much of 
it turns out that the entirety of that show was in the imagination of an autistic child. That's okay. how that show that ended. Actually, that actually reminds me of a, uh, ironically, uh, an anime done by the same studio that did the cyberpunk show mm-hmm. and, and made such a terrible fucking blunder. Um, I would never have said the cyberpunk show is my favorite anyway. Cause again, it's a tragedy and I just don't, I don't go in for it. I just, I like, ironically, I like the setting, even though I know it's full of that kind of thing. All right. But anyway, uh, different anime though. The, the show is like, it looks like it's, um, a show about a kid who, uh, gains control of this mech, you know, like Japanese mech Gundam style thing. Right. right. And he fights off all these monsters and stuff. But, and then a side character ends up being kind of a, the main antagonist of the show and they're fighting or whatever. And then it, it turned, but it turns out that she's just a lonely person and she's dreaming all these characters and she's kind of like so isolated and alone that she's living in this make believe world. Right. And she's, she's, but and and she hates herself, and so she's painted herself as the villain of the story. Huh. And so, like I say, all of these tropes can be done like very well. You can oh, yeah. they can be used to tell a great story. It's just tropes are easy to misuse because it's like, well, I'm just going to take this type of story and make something out of it without adding much or yeah, more putting often, my own spin. More often it's than like, not, they're not done well. It's like cliches can also be well done. Mm-hmm. Even knowing that they're, that it's a cliche, you can use a cliched thing to great effect. Right. But it has to be thought out and, and done like the, like misunderstanding the misunderstanding one. There are plenty of uh, uh, that that series that I keep wanting you to finish, but it's, you know, I know you're reading 10 Bibles by doing it, but the Malazan books, right? Mm-hmm. Like those have misunderstanding moments in them, but there's a reason why it happens and you, you're led up to that. And it's like, he almost tells you in reverse, like he shows you what's happening and then you know there's going to be a misunderstanding that ends in some bad thing. Right, right, right. But you see it coming. You see exactly the steps that the characters would take to get there and why it happened. And so it feels earned and real when it happens. Well, it's just, it was well thought out. Yeah. That's what it amounts to. It was well thought out. And I think, and I think that's the key takeaway here is that, you know, like you said, this stuff can be done well if it's thought out, but I mean, more often than not, it's not because I mean, it's, it's always lowest common denominator. So rarely do you get a good story like that. So. And I'm going to, I'm going to end on one that maybe is not as much done in uh, live action shows or movies or whatever, but it damn sure is an anime. Uh, that is the harem protagonist. And what happens in these shows is it's usually some average or below average guy. Usually, not always. Sometimes it's like Bruce Wayne type of dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually it's some dopey, oblivious, average guy 
for whatever reason, because he was nice one time, uh, is now surrounded by like the hottest women in school or at work or whatever the setting is. And there's no reason to it. Well, no wonder you're no wonder your neck beards and your incels. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a wish fulfillment type of thing. And it's usually played up for comedy and it, but what gets me is it usually breaks down the female characters to make them less right. To make right. it make more sense. Like the class president is usually like this tough, like no nonsense girl, but she, I don't know. She likes some weird hobby or something and the main character finds out about it. So then anytime she's being serious or should be taken seriously, uh, her uh, like anime body pillow love pops up so it can embarrass her. (laughs) And, And you know, like that, like that kind of shit will happen. And, when I first started watching anime, I would just watch them. I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a grasp on the genres yet, but, uh, now I do. And so I, I like now it's very obvious because the poster for the show or the icon and the streaming service, whatever streaming service you're watching, it'll be dudes surrounded by five women. So it seems to me that in live action, that, that trope, the the name for that trope that I hear people use when I read uh when I read articles about it is is nerd wish fulfillment. Mm. Is the nerd yeah, wish yeah, fulfillment yeah. trope. It's it's that trope where you ever seen the movie Superbad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great example of that. You've got these two schlubs, right? And these totally hot girls fall for them, you know, because more or less because they're nice to them. Yeah, the live action usually doesn't do the harem thing where no. it's like multiple chicks. It's usually like one uh unattainable for the for the main character right. type of girl. Right. And and you know the thing is is I don't really mind that. There's a show called The Magicians uh that I really like. It's based on a a, a trilogy of books and I like the show I mean, you know, I could sit there and point out problems of it or whatever, but overall I really enjoyed the show and I, I like the books fine. Um, but in the show at one point there is that kind of, I mean, he's not, he's not as bad as like Jonah Hill and super bad or whatever, but he is kind of like stoner dopey white guy. Right. Right. Uh, and who's like really into baking and, and coming up with their magician. So he comes up with better weed, you know, and stuff, right, stuff right, like that. Right, right. Right. Uh, but he's not an idiot either. He's not an idiot. He has stuff going for him and he's just really into what he's into. You know, he's, he's not a helpless dude. And in the show, he ends up with one of the main characters who's like, my favorite character in the whole fucking show or one of my two favorite characters in the whole show. And she's just like, you know, those movies like devil wears Prada or like the, the really uh, like almost sex in the city. If it weren't full of idiots. Yeah. Like just awful people. It's like that, like the really posh, um, but also a really smart and really capable person. Right. Like they end up together, but it's, you know, my sister was like, yeah, okay, here we go. Another like real hot chick getting with the dope. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he is, 
but also like he's pretty capable. He helps them out. He's into a lot of the same shit she's into. He's good at what he does. He's good at what he likes. You know, he has his own personality, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I get it. It's it's like Peter Griffin and Lois, you know, yeah. and Family Guy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't know why they're together. And I like like that's that's but that's not what's happening there, you know? And but it's easy to think of it that way. Cause it happens so much. But in live action, it usually goes with that. It's not like that guy is his love interests are the five other women in the show type of thing. Right. right? right, right. Uh, but yeah, like the, I, I yeah, I, I don't really like that either. The dopey, <laughs> as long as you give them some redeeming quality or show some growth to the character, right. They mm. can start off as a loser. I don't care about that as long as by the end of the show or at some point before they get together with like the person who's way out of their league, they, they get close to that league in right. some way. Right. But that's character growth and, and good writing and, you know, and, it, and, you know, a lot of times that's just played for comedy, but I think people underestimate the ability of comedy to inform people's lifestyle. Yeah. And then set expectations of every like Jonah Hill in super bad type person in real life thinks that they should get with uh, Emma Stone right, right, right. type of deal. And like, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. Not gonna so happen. anyway, you got any more tropes? Cause I'm, I'm about, I, I think we, I think we about, I think we about exercise that demon. I think, well, no, that can never be exercised because there will always be another one for me. Well, for, always a, I think, for I, the, a, I think for the, I think for the purposes of this episode, we've, we've exercised it. I am an imbiber of tales and stories and tribulations. Uh, it never ends for me. I, you know, if they showed how, how is it made on every channel, every second of the day, I'd probably watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm, 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 I'm a simple creature. Well, that's why, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've said this on here before, but talking to other friends of mine, that's why I like anime so much. Cause I can get rapid fire examples of stories mm-hmm. like plots. It's not even that I've watched them. Sometimes I don't even watch them. I'm not even entertained by the shit. I'm just watching it to get examples of stories and how things are done. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they use a particular idea? Oh, that's interesting. I'll keep watching it. Right. And I won't do that for live action because live action doesn't tell it in the same. A lot of live action is way more expensive to make for one thing. So they're not gambling on wackadoo stories. Right. 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 You know, that well, can be entertaining in their own way. They're doing the same shit, just slightly different over and well, over Well, in live action, there's also, there's also the sponsorship problem true so they can't it's like they're not going to go too far out there or whatever yeah they're because they because of the marketing thing so you know it's uh <clears throat> they can't they can't go too wackadoo because i watched i watched a show uh earlier or well later last year and i'm re- i'm ready for it to come back in its fourth season uh called never have i ever and never have i ever thought i would watch that show 
um, before I got bored enough to give it a shot. It's on Netflix and it's about, um, uh, this Indian girl in high school. And she's basically on a, she's kind of like the Jonah Hillish, except not cause she's like pretty and a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's on a quest to get laid before high school is over. It's that, that idea uh another uh, troll. The, another teen, troll. the teenager yeah trying to trying to have sex because it's so important to have another, thing, another right? trope i gotta i gotta have sex before i go to college because yeah, i'm yeah. gonna be having all this sex in college and i want to be no, good at it nobody else i'm not cool unless i do right yeah. and uh so that's kind of the basic premise that it starts off on but then it gets into like really deep character development with all most of its characters and all the stuff and i got hooked on it and it's really good uh, I'm ready for that one to come back, but that's, you know, that's a wacky story, but again, it's on Netflix and Netflix will kind of take some risks with stuff like that. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking, when, you, when you're talking about typical like network and cable type shows, you know, it's, they, they play the whole Willis work in Peoria game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as far as the marketing goes. So, you know, it's, so yeah, for live action, you just, for most shows, you don't, you don't see them get too adventurous with it. That's why we got big bang theory. Right, exactly, exactly. That's why Chuck Lorre is the, a multimillionaire. It's the car- the caricature of a nerd, right? That like Middle America. It's Middle America's idea of what nerds would do, right? They, <laughs> I mean, which, and again, that show is that show is all nerd wish fulfillment. Yeah, kind of. At, at least with at least with two of the characters, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, those guys have no business being with those women. I watched it until... In uh, reality. Well, they would if they got social skills. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because it's like yeah. they have... But, that you know, that's the thing. Like, the show, I don't know if it did. I watched, like, two seasons of it, and I had enough of it just being, like, the canned laugh to insert stereotypical nerd joke here. Mm-hmm that no nerd really does. It's like out of the eighties. It's like the idea of a nerd out of like revenge of the nerds. Type right. Thing. Right. right. <laughs> Just polished uh, a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, I, I quit. So I don't know. I don't know if they ever got to the point where it's like, I guess you're talking about the one nerd and the blonde girl. Yeah. But like, I don't know if they show him developing any character or whatever, you know, no, really of course i didn't watch all of it but you know it's uh maybe by the end i don't know but speaking of end it's like uh i'm not ready yet uh (laughs) it's it's like anything though you can you can take a trope like that and you can take a character that might might be like your lovable loser type thing but if you just give them some development then it becomes believable that they achieve something. You know, it, it doesn't have to be like, uh, like I say, Revenge of the Nerds or Stripes or something like that, where it's like hmm. they just kind of fall into success. I love, I love Stripes. <laughs> I, I do too, That's but it, I mean, movie. it is an example of a bunch of dopes. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. There's no way that the army even back then would have would have put like, up with them. Yeah, yeah, and like. The only the only reason why it's believable that like he's getting any chicks at all is because it's Bill Murray back then, you know. Right, so right. like he, he's got the charisma for it. Right. But a lot of these shows don't do that. It's not the Big Bang characters don't have any charisma. 
Not really, no. But, uh, all right, all right. Take it away from me. Yeah, because he could go on forever about this, folks. So, uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you know, tell us what you think. Tell us what your your favorite trope to hate is in live television, movies, uh, cartoons, anime, you know, video games, whatever the case may be. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, you know, our socials. Tell us a trope that we've named that's done well. Right. Yeah. Name because we didn't talk about a lot of well done ones. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Tell us about that too. Uh, Said you know our socials uh, at Audacity Pod on Twitter. uh, Answer us on Twitter. We're trying to trying to get better. Trying to get better at posting more stuff. So answer us. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come come find us and answer us. So uh, Facebook we're at Audacity Podcast and uh, with that I think we're done. See you later.